Yo, this is Rob Harvilla from 60 Saws That Explain the 90s, the world's greatest loopy and perverse and inaccurately named music nostalgia podcast. We're doing 90 songs now because there's too many songs. Pearl Jam, Jay-Z, Jewel, U2, Cher, Hootie. These are just some of the names people yell at me on the internet because we're back. More great songs, more rad special guests, more loopy perversity. Join us once more on 60 Songs That Explain the 90s every Wednesday on Spotify. Listeners, welcome. It's a sound only. I'm Justin Sheridan. And I'm Mike Peters. We're your sound only co-hosts. Here to record our deepest, darkest thoughts about the millennial lifestyle, millennial cinema, millennial everything. Millennial sweatsuits. Millennial, uh, not, well, icon? <laughs> question mark? Jonah Hill? <laughs> Up I speak mean, at the end, millennial icon. Yeah, I, you know it's you the, people de facto. What do you mean, like, you yeah, people? You, you people? Yeah, the the we are we are talking about the the, the movie that the internet hates. You you people, <laughs> um, which recently was released on Netflix, mm -hmm. starring uh, Jonah Hill, um, star of uh, Best Dressed This Week, GQ. <laughs> Uh, Not in this you know, movie. <laughs> sort of. <laughs> I, it, I mean, like on you the know, lower end of a of perennial may say uh, on the on you know the style blog. Yeah. Uh, since the super bad days, um, American sweetheart, <laughs> and also starring opposite Lauren London, um, with a cast that also includes Eddie Murphy, Nia Long. Julia Louis-Dreyfus, David Duchovny. Mm. Um, We're it's, just it's ordinary a, people. Yeah. Yo, best moment in the <laughs> it's movie. True, David I Duchovny mean, like, sings know, ordinary like people. David Duchovny singing ordinary people. There needed to be more of that. He's just he? like, <laughs> We're just so ordinary people. It's true. He, he milks you know? it, dog. Uh, he like milks that shit. You could imagine Whoa. him having... It is so much better than like the dad performance from like get imagine if like the dad from get out of Bradley Whitmore <laughs> got up and yeah. went to the piano and started playing like this girl is on fire by Alicia Keys. <laughs> I would have been like a similar no. Song. <laughs> no. no. But, 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 we are saying millennial icon question mark because it's just sort of like since it was announced in June of 2021, it's been fighting for its right to exist. Like, I mean, like when it was announced. Uh, and this is in the wake of uh, Nipsey Hussle's death. Mm -hmm. uh, Nipsey Hussle, Lord London, long-term partners, husband and wife. You know, it was just sort of like the first time Lord London is stepping back outside more or less. Mm -hmm. And it's going to be, even in the fictional universe, how would Jonah Hill make sense? Like, so it was just one of those things. And the first scene... And they're they're meet cute, which happens in in the in the way that like Jonah Hill is expecting a lift at his day job, and she pulls up 
you know, all out of sorts, turned around in Westwood. In the Mini Cooper Countryman, in which is Mini my Co- car. A- <laughs> That's my car, by the way. She's driving my car. You know, packed full of mobiles and, you know, like project foldouts for her class that she teaches, apparently, you know. Mm-hmm. And last time I checked is playing in the background of the scene, you know, when Jonah Hill and Lauren London meet each other. And it's just sort of weird, you know, mm-hmm. it's just one of those things. Like it's, it's just, uh, the discussion has been mostly about their non-existent chemistry on stream. It being more that of the chemistry between really good friends, which, you know, like they seem to have developed an actual friendship off screen, like over, quote unquote anxiety work grief you know according to like entertainment weekly yeah yeah but yeah i mean most of the coverage is also around like how even lauren london wasn't sure at first you know why would this character that you wrote talk to this other character that you wrote exactly Also, the film is produced by kenya barris and that's another story about you know interracial dating yeah so can i can we can i actually on that note, start us out here with the thesis, right? Which is that this is a movie, I want to say You People is a movie divided against itself because it's really two movies. There is a Jonah Hill movie and there is a Kenya Barris movie. I think part of the problem with You People is that, well, okay, I'll say that I think the Jonah Hill movie in this is good and that the Kenya Barris movie in it is bad. Maybe other people will like different elements, but to me, the problem is just that, like, the movie needed to pick one of those two lanes and kind of go harder, and instead it just feels like 50-50 split between the really heavy-handed, the really kind of saccharine, heavy-handed racial justice stuff, and the part of it that just wants to be a, a really chatty race comedy that has Eddie Murphy and Julie. You know what I mean? Like, it needed to be that to me. It is impossible for us to divine without like speaking to one or two of these people directly mm-hmm. yeah. how much of, you know, like the script was written by which person. But yeah. it feels like like the Neilong Eddie Murphy partnership as like Amira's parents and Amira's yeah. uh, Lord London. Mm-hmm. Like the militant black dad thing and like it's very, you know, written as if a like it's just like not very imaginative. Like the way that they yeah. they the, even the way that they undercut Jonah Hill's character is very unimaginative. Like, yeah, they just make they they make Eddie Murphy an asshole. Like that's okay. Yeah, like yeah, exactly. I like it's just like it's it's like I don't want like Jonah Hill's character to be able to have that long speech at the end of the movie and be right. You know, yeah. like, <laughs> yeah, I let's let, okay, we're we're getting a little ahead of ourselves, but I think it's yeah, let's it's not, no, no, yeah, bit. it's just that that it's just okay. One thing I will also say as we're sort of setting up just the table for this movie is that this movie, to I think a lot of your points, right? It's it's sort of pitched as a Jonah Hill, Lauren London movie. It's actually, I think, ultimately, effectively, it is an Eddie Murphy versus julia louis dreyfus movie like i think that's actually the driving for better or worse like the driving dynamic of the movie is like those two performances and i think to what we were just saying about the black how the black family is written in this movie it's like they kind of go really hard right it's not just sort of oh 
one, first of all, it's like, it's not just a, one family is white and one is black. It's one family is Jewish and the other is black. And second of all, it's like there's an imbalance here where the black family is written in such an aggro way, right? Like, yes, that's exactly what I was going to say. So like, there's such an hard. aggressive, there's such an, there's such an edge to the way that they, they are like verbally jumping across the table. They make him anti Semitic. Like, I mean, they make him like yeah. anti Semitic. It's so weird. And the thing is, is that like, <laughs> and the thing is, I, and I, and I was thinking about this. Like watching this movie for the second time for this podcast, like watching the scene where Jonah Hill's character Ezra, mm -hmm. um, who is basically this nouveau hype beast culture <laughs> archivist sneaker head, uh you know, video podcast person. Yeah. And he is like, you know, just sort of nervously enthralled to his, you know, monstrous Jewish mother <laughs> who was played by Julia, Julia, uh, Julia Louis-Dreyfus, Louis excuse me. Um, so when like she, he brings like Amira home with her, uh, they had this scene where they're sitting across each other from each other in the living room. And it's like, the, I think like it's the best like version of the movie yeah. is in this like 10 to 15 minutes. Mm -hmm. I agree with you. Totally. Where like uh, her character and David Duchovny are just making everybody like incredibly uncomfortable with like gentle nudges. Like it's like a sort of thing where you can't tell if it's passive aggressivism or like clumsiness. Yeah. Like, and the thing is, is that black families do that too yeah. better than white families. Yeah. Like, so Absolutely. it's just like, why is it written that way? Like, it's just so everything with Nia Long and Eddie Murphy's character is a sledgehammer. Yeah. Like, and this is like death by a thousand cuts. Like my hands were like on my head at the end of like the scene. And then it was just like the the comedic release of David Duchovny singing like John Legend at the piano <laughs> <laughs> and having had Lauren London's character pull a seat up directly to the side of the piano. Oh yeah, the way she's, you're right. She's sitting like on the edge of her seat, like staring into his face while he's like, thinking, she the way she looks over her shoulder <laughs> back at like, and it's just kind of like, help please. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Uh, it's no also notes. that David Duchovny in that like five second stretch is the closest anyone has gotten to that. It's it's the moment in the Boondocks where Tom is singing "Make the Music with Your Mouth." <laughs> yes, <laughs> make the music with your mouth. It's just, like... just on the edge of feeling like an overture, and therefore like a little bit like too like it's just like it's just it's just like what are you doing yeah. what is this why are you doing all this extra shit for this new person in the house and it's like so it's so well done like yeah and but to your but, point too it's like the the family th the small talk right like the best version of the movie in that like the best version of the movie is in that scene at the the white jonah hill's house right because it's small talk it's kind of it's needling, it's aggravating. It sort of gives Julia Louis Dreyfus a lot of empty space to just fill with like annoying white ladies. To ladyness. ask too many questions. Yeah. yeah. It's just to ask two more questions than you need to ask for any given topic. 
right? Yeah, and then the it's, banter about like <laughs> when Jonah was like police brutality. Why are you talking about police brutality? She's like, well, what do you mean? I talk to my friends about it all the time. And Jonah's like, which friends? What uh, friends? What friends? Uh, Josephine, uh, Marianne. Uh, oh man, like stuff like that. Ugh. That that stuff is good. And it's like, yeah, they introduce the black family, right? It's like Nia and Eddie and. It, I don't know. I think some of this, some of the heavy handedness or some of the stuff that they're doing could have worked. Like the the random bits of Eddie Murphy complaining about having to get the COVID vaccine to go to the casino. <laughs> I was like, yeah. that's funny. Like that, that's a good that's... sort of little gentle characterization of like a particular kind of black dad. But it's just like the moment you see him going to a Jewish family's house for dinner and immediately start talking about like the Holocaust and Louis Farrakhan. It's just like, what? What, like, what is this? What? Like, it's, yeah, to building to like the, the, the Kufi being set aflame is like, you know, all right, great. We're out of this. Cool. Yeah. Right, let's, let's thank God that's over. Right. Like that part of the thing is over. Also, um, and speaking about the characterization of Eddie Murphy's like uh, dad person, you know, this sort of acerbic almost wit that he has that gets undercut by also Taco's character mm-hmm. and like and Mike Epps who shows up yeah. uh at the, <laughs> at the movie wearing this crazy shirt. Like, I mean, it's absolutely Versace, Versace? It, I, like yeah, like it's like that. It's that specific kind of designer where like the person has to tell you it's designer, and it looks like it's made like that. That one rack that like this specific kind of uncle and Busta Rhymes pick from. Mm. Like it's those. It's that kind of shirt. Also, like the perfect assignment where you show them, you're just like, oh, what's up? What's good with you? Like, give me hundred fifty dollars. Don't tell me I told you that though. Yeah. Like, is also just excellent. Not enough of it. To to, to that point, right, about the Mike Epps character, the slick way he talks, the way he finally provides, like, this contrast. Because, you know, it's like basically Eddie and Mike Epps are brothers, but they're very different. And Mike Epps kind of, like, ends up being the come-to-Jesus character for Eddie Murphy, right? And But the thing about the Mike Epps character is they introduce him way too late in the movie. Right. And it's sort of you get to that part of the movie. You're like, yeah, no, this character, the movie needed more of this character doing the kind of things that Mike Epps does in the last 30 minutes of the movie. And it It like might have worked like introducing him during the weird sort of uh, ride along type segment yeah. thing that they were doing where carpool karaoke bullshit you know yeah Eddie Murphy was Ice Cube and Jonah Hill was Kevin Hart in this in this instance like it was just like they were like oh Jonah was wearing like the the bright red champion reverse weave hoodie and the in the Laker shorts and like the Kobe's that cost sixteen hundred dollars and they go to a barbershop that I recognize one as one that's like on Western. Just like mm-hmm. it's just a it's just a barbershop. Like oh yeah, I forgot. And, is, and like yeah. I mean like the, no. the, the movie's <laughs> creation recreation of the quote unquote hood is yeah. also very funny. Yeah. Like they go to ball at Pan Pacific 
Like, and first of all, I think that there's a certain, there's certain elements of this movie, like in any rom-com that are undercut if you know too much about like the city that they're in or like other movies that other people have been in or stuff. Like for instance, when they're doing the bit where Jonah Hill's wearing the red hoodie and they take him to the quote unquote barbershop, Mm -hmm. the guy who is playing like the, like who's who's playing the dude that's like the bigger one of the two yeah. I've recognized from a T-Mobile commercial. It's like there is... <laughs> <laughs> I think... And then all, it's just like, you know, it's possible that you could, you know, get banged on a Pan Pacific. It, it has happened to me once before, but it is also like everyone around this interaction would look at the person that is the, the aggressor of the situation as crazy and therefore it would fizzle out. Like there's there's no situation. Like the 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 basketball scene is so cringy, man. Yes, exactly. That's that our, our producer Von Everson dropped the basketball scene is cringy in the chat, and I agree wholeheartedly. Yeah, yeah. Wait, actually, can you stay on the barber scene for a moment? Because I was actually kind of confused by it, which was like, I. I didn't really get the idea that they would have been that disoriented by a white dude. It's especially like a white dude style like he was not. being in the shop. Like it's not in two, black especially not, not in 2000, like yeah, not in this in LA, day and age like, where like, I mean, there are like that barber himself probably had five white clients getting yeah. an uptown fade to that day. Yeah. You know, like it's not like a, it's just, there's no thing. And also if it was going to be a larger situation where those two, um, where, where the Greek, the, the Greek grip chorus was like, you know, friends of Eddie Murphy's, they could have set that up earlier. Maybe that would have been funny. Yeah. yeah. Like, mm-hmm. but they also didn't do that. Like it was, and the scene ended in a really weird way. Like with this, it's just not a, Oh yeah. The weird prison joke. It was like the weird, yeah, extended... it was a very weird prison extended, prison joke okay and now the the basketball if you could talk a bit about that because i also yeah you're right it's it's cringe because like so many different things are happening at once where it's like eddie murphy is live streaming this basketball game for some reason first of all it's like you've made this character why would not, he have a follower why would he have yeah why would he have instagram <laughs> like why have he- you ever like i mean seriously i if i get a notification that one of my friends has gone live on instagram i I assume that their finger slipped yeah. when they were trying to just post something in their story and you ignore it. How would you have people in the middle of the day watching this thing? What is Eddie Murphy's day job? What is he like? What is the situation in which this would have been a thing? Sure, like the, like the, you feel the heat on the back of your neck if anybody's just filming, period. Yeah. Like when you're playing basketball. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, because it's just like, all right, which one of these, uh, which, which one, who out here is trying to sell a clip and why do I, why do I feel like I'm, you know, why do I feel so put upon? But I mean, like, what ultimately happens is Eddie Murphy's character takes him to a, like to a game with some serious hoopers, TM. And like it's Jonah Hill gets his lunch money taken in the first couple seconds. And it's just like, it seems like he's going to, it's just going to be a bad day at the office for Jonah Hill. And then he turns it around and, and, you know, fucks around and gets a triple double. Um, 
But again, it's another situation where the movie's like taking this opportunity to be incredibly sanguine of like, you know, don't judge a book by its cover. Right. There's so many things like that in this movie. Yeah, it's like trying. Yeah, it does play with your expectations. I think to like to your point about, I guess to both our points about the Instagram thing, it's not about nitpicking the verisimilitude of the Eddie Murphy character so much, or or like a rom com. So much as it's just saying that like the one of the annoying things about the movie is that it can never really settle on what the Eddie Murphy character even is. Right, like his first scene in the movie. And keep in mind, it's Eddie Murphy. Like we all know Eddie Murphy. Eddie Murphy is like de- definitively like middle aged as hell now. And yet his first scene, it's like, oh, right. This character was written by a millennial. Like he's saying a bunch of shit that just feels like the way like somebody very much not of Eddie Murphy's generation would be like talking about race and racial consciousness. And it's like so the movie both wants him to be like a, a Farrakhan NOI guy. Yeah, but it also wants him like, to be a BuzzFeed also black. the root. Yeah, yeah, he like he reads also, right. Yeah. Yes, he reads the root, but also he's like a '60s black militant, and it, it's like it doesn't track. It just it never comes together, and instead it ends up being kind of like we were saying about the dinner scene, where it's just like it's just too much. Like it's too much, and it doesn't track, and it's just a big mass of like it's like every yeah, race comedy trope. Right. It, like it really can't dis- decide whether he's he was there, you know. Uh, you know, at the sit-in or <laughs> if he experiences the world through an iPad. Like, it, it's like the, the movie can never decide which one of the characters it is. And that, um, that sort of gets to what I'm saying about the Eddie Murphy versus Julia Louis-Dreyfus dynamic is that I think part of why I like Julia Louis-Dreyfus' character much more in this movie is because it feels like she settles really quickly and consistently on, like, oh, I'm playing the really annoying white lady who just is constantly getting under everyone's skin. I've got that. And she, like, nails it. She's just, like, she is on... Like, Julia Louis-Dreyfus is on message for the entire movie. She is relentless, and she's very good. Like, she is is doing the most, I feel like, to carry the movie. Like, she... Yeah. And I think she does balance really well the stuff that's, like, funny versus stuff that's, like, preachy, you know? Yeah, I mean, like, it's... Very, like, <laughs> another movie I recently watched again was Jim Jarmusch's uh, uh, Iggy and the Stooges documentary, Give Me Danger. And at one point, Iggy is talking about the guitarist, Neil St- uh, James Stevenson, um, who was playing on Raw Power, and he was describing his ability to play the guitar. This guy that eventually went to go on and work in tech as, like, he plays the guitar like a drug dog. Like, it's sort of like he goes into a song and scrapes around, sniffing out, like, every <laughs> inch of a musical premise. And that's what, like, Julia Louis-Dreyfus does with the annoying mom character. <laughs> yeah. It's like every single thing she does makes you squirm in your seat. <laughs> yeah. First, yes, absolutely. I, abs- that is such a great... I'm glad you sketched that. That was like a great illustration of it, right? Because it really does feel like every single line of dialogue she has in the movie is annoying. <laughs> You're just like, all right, yeah, she she nailed it. Um, yeah. <laughs> but then, okay, so let's let's go back to your point about the chemistry. I, I kind of get that complaint. Like the complaint that they don't really... I don't know how much that's about their chemistry, but also about the pacing of the movie. Like, it, it's like they're working up to a, an engagement, 
But then the movie. Yeah, and I mean, like, if you stretch to the outer bounds of the known, you know, universe, maybe about the difficulty of human connection in this day and age and <laughs> so on and so forth, mm-hmm. if you want to do all that. But the truth is, is that when you're watching a movie, if you don't believe that the two people are like enjoying each other's company, yeah. it's hard for like it to carry, you know, all of this hoopla like that ends with a marriage and a shoe palace. Yeah, yeah. It's like, they, I think they peek at, oh, they kind of cute together. Yeah. They, they kind of peek at that. And so it's weird that the movie is working up to a wedding, and especially that wedding, right? It's just like, oh, but that's not really the scope of their relationship. Like, I think the, the scene where they're talking in bed and playing the song, I thought that was cute. Yeah, but, like they they do the little, you know, blanket tent thing. It's very, it is adorable. But it's like, you know, the the way that like after when they have the the big breakdown on rehearsal night and Ezra gets his moment in the sun to call Eddie Murphy an asshole and Amira gets her moment in the sun to mm-hmm. call Julia Louis-Dreyfus an asshole. Um, and then they meet up together and decide that all of their families are assholes, but like, you know, rather than weather the storm together, that it would probably be easier if they just kind of like split up setting up the final act of the movie in which they reconcile. Like the breakup is like, you know, oh man, my friend's moving away. Yeah. <laughs> it's Yo, very like it's objectively weird, right? Like I'm not bugging, <laughs> yes. right? Like everything no, after I, like, that scene where they're like, we should just not do this. That it's objectively weird. Like none of that. Again, I get we're watching a rom com, but it's like the way it plays out is so bizarre. It's bizarre, <laughs> dog. Where it's just like where I think that it, you know, wants to get by with the trappings of like a modern love story in the beginning, where it's just kind of like we're connecting over the slides and sneakers we're wearing, yeah. and like, isn't it? Yeah, like my. last relationship was this and you know blah 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 and so on so forth and then at the end it decides it wants to be like a conventional dumb rom-com from like the early like the mid 2000s where like you know after you know like the the Ryan Reynolds family has wiped out the Capulets. They're just sort of like, oh, okay, well, cool. Uh, Sandra Bullock decided that. <laughs> I was going to say know, Anna Faris. We, but yeah, Sandra like, Bullock. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean? Like, it's just yeah. like the third act makes no sense in the way that like, everything is wrapped up so tidily. Yeah, like, even by never, rom-com is, standards, it makes no yeah, sense. Yeah, which is like, which is like why it was so revolutionary and like, you know, whenever it was that Scrotal Recall came out that eventually became Lovesick, when the guy that directed it was just and wrote it was just sort of like, yeah, like actually when the two people that, you know, get together on one side of town, there's probably somebody across town feeling horrible. <laughs> like, and like, I mean, this movie's just do- like, I mean, can't decide what it cares about most. Um, yeah. And I mean, like, I, I I think I resent it for making me even observe that in it because it's a rom-com. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. It's a rom-com that had like a strong enough cast to be a proper rom-com. 
is the thing too, right? It's like you had Eddie Murphy and Julia Louis-Dreyfus. You know what I mean? It's like you could have done the thing and that parts, they are doing the thing. But it is exa- it's almost exactly like the 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 movie follows the same way that like the 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 way that like a person like Ezra would put an outfit together. Yeah. Which is just sort of like I got to it takes me an hour to get ready because I got to draw all of the attention to this one really, you know, thing I spent thousands of dollars on StockX for, but like I'm wearing six things like that. Yeah. So where am I drawing the eye to? Yeah. So the outfit just ends up looking busy and, you know, like maybe occasionally it works together. That's what the move, the whole movie is like that. And I mean, like, this isn't really that stretched of a metaphor because, again, they get married in front of a giant car-sized floral like, arrangement that looks like a Sean Watherspoon Nike yeah. shoe. Yeah. I guess on this note, though, like, the outfit, Jonah Hill's outfits in this movie, dog. And it's funny because, like, I, I definitely get the sort of, the sort of cult of Jonah Hill in real life, like, the sort of weird sneakerhead obsession with him. But in this movie... I feel like he is just straight flops with those outfits. Like maybe except for his like poorly, like deliberately poorly tailored work suit. Well, you yeah, know, he was, well, he was wearing like the whole, like yeah, the, the well, the, the whole the work suit is Gucci. For like he was that the whole work suit that's poorly tailored, yeah. is Gucci. <laughs> like so, when he's in in neck to foot Gucci, then like the outfits work. Like because the sweater at Roscoe's was good. Um, the little denim jacket with the pink shirt at the books at the revolutionary bookstore was good. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, like there are a lot of flops. There are flops. Gonna, yeah, there are, there flops. are some flops. It, yeah, I, I, I couldn't. There were times where it just hurt to look at. Uh, we skipped the cocaine. I actually like like that's the thing that the co- the bit where Eddie Murphy chases Jonah Hill to his bachelorette party and then they have that like five minute long running bit about cocaine. <laughs> it's like No, remember the cocaine that you got from the cocaine guy. The cocaine guy. Well, I don't who, have a yeah. cocaine guy. <laughs> no, you definitely have a cocaine guy. <laughs> no, no, no. No, see, look here. Here he is. See? Yeah. Remember? Remember when he shit himself? Wasn't that hilarious? <laughs> it's like shit like that. Like that kind of the hangover type humor. It's like and there are other stuff like that. Like, remember the first scene where you meet Jonah Hill's boss at the office in Midtown? Yeah. Where they do the bit about, like, proper ways What's to... What's up? Res- you got a huge... Di- yeah, <laughs> you like- have a huge penis, sir. It's like, like that bit. It's like they do the thing where the bit goes way too long, but it's funny that they overdo it. And it's like... Yeah, I mean... That stuff is good. You know, I, I like that. The stuff that, like, you know, Jonah Hill takes what Judd Apatow did yeah. and makes it less annoying like is that stuff does work pretty well like um, because he's good at the self-deprecation <laughs> thing that kind of powers it right like he's very good at these kind of like lines that he barely even says he kind of just utters in passing like Jonah Hill's really good at that. oh yeah where it's just kind of like where you're saying it where you thought that on, uh, loud enough where you thought that only you would hear it yeah. but then like you know everyone in the room hears it he's very good at that yeah yeah, yeah. and that that's why it's like that the Apatow thing is very good but it's like 
Yeah, man. I don't know. I like I said, I maintain that it's two different movies. The Jonah Hill, if it if it just been the Jonah Hill movie starring Jonah Hill, Lauren London, Julia Louis Dreyfus, the company, Murphy. Great. But it's all of the more since in Mike Apps, of course. But all of the more kind of like I don't know. It's so weird to me that the movie leans into the like really, really just humorless kind of like I don't know the fight that Lauren London gets in with Louis, Julia Louis-Dreyfus right like her climactic confrontation about like like black women's hair and all of that stuff yeah it's just, just kind of like you know I'm not gonna call it, like it's just Lauren London will have lived a life at this point by the time that she meets Julia Louis-Dreyfus's character like she will have you know it, that's like, like the hair thing is just you know the discussion is past. Like I like it's very like you know all right well it's a day ending and why <laughs> I I don't I don't know like it's just like it wouldn't be unless there was something else behind it like not really like the explosion wouldn't be worth like the transgression. Yeah, and, yeah, and even if it were, it's just that like. I don't know. It's a rom-com and you're trying to make this really dour point about microaggressions. And it's like, there's a way you could do it, but this just, this movie just makes it feel so kind of like Buzzfeed black, right? Like it's, it's, yeah, so I mean like, it's just, you wouldn't stop somebody and give them a speech. Yeah. Like if they like <laughs> off of, it's, it's just, yeah, this isn't 2016. Or you would check her and keep it moving like that, right? You yeah, would, you like, would check her you, hard. You've already, yeah, you've already got your way of handling this. Yeah. Not like, you know, as if you are talking your way through how you feel about it at her, which was what the speech ends up being sort of like. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. Do we have anything else about... I actually, I mean, I didn't, I, I didn't hate the movie. I just thought the movie was, was wildly inconsistent. You know what I mean? That's how I put yeah. it. Yeah. And it was bad. There's, it just had a lot of bad shit in. Yeah. There are moments of like, you know, genuine like delight. Like it's like it's clever. Ordinary people. Like dog. it's actually pretty fun. Like it's just very like Yeah, the movie can be very funny, but it can also be very bad. Yeah. Like and it's two hours. It's too long. Like, it's just like, if you actually would have got rid of all of the sincere parts, it might have been a really good tight rom-com. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I agree with that. I still think that, like, again, what are the highlights? The highlights are basically everything Julia Louis-Dreyfus said. Uh, the company singing Ordinary People. Um, and, that's, and Mike Epps. And also, yeah, everything Mike Epps says. Mike Epps just, like, tries to save the movie at the end. And it's like, yeah. yeah. Um, um, and I, I get, again, I'm, like, happy to see, I'm always happy to see Eddie Murphy. But it's just, they, they kind of stuck him with, like, a lot of, I thought, pretty bad writing that also felt like... Also, the meta bit at the end when he's writing with, with Mike Epps and they're talking about Rick James. And, like, <laughs> Mike Epps is like, what business do you have what shaming him for cocaine usage? You know, y'all remember Rick James? And I was like, 
Yes, we yeah, we it's just like, party wait, all the time. What? Like you can do this? I like it. It is very like a shifting of the rules at a very strange time in the movie. Yeah, like to to gain like an emotional epiphany. Yes. Um. Like, yeah, I. I it's very. I don't know. I think that like there is there are plenty of movies about <laughs> about this about this specific premise and it's just like I drawing attention to the fact that it is like an interracial couple without just like observing how the two how these two people from different galaxies might interact. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I think is just just kind of is just a miss, you know? Yeah. And and okay on that. If you're gonna do interracial dating again, right? But it's also like to that point. That I think, I think you're hitting on what frustrates me about how hard they go in the characterization of the black family. It's like, look, man, you could just do a kind of standard black family, and that has plenty of like problematic stuff you could get into and make fun of and send up. And so it's like, it feels like a miss that they felt like, oh, well, to, to, to make this contrast work, we have to turn him into NOI, Eddie Murphy. It's like, you, you gotta have to do walk all in and slap the issue down on the table yeah. after whipping the door open and knocking over the coat rack. It's yeah, just like, it's like, you have to do all that. It's funny enough if you had just made him Mike Epps, right? Like, if you had just made him, like, kind of, he spends too much time at the casino he's wrapped up in some pyramid schemes like that. You know what I mean? Like that's a black dad character that could have worked. Right. Um, I don't know. We ain't got to rewrite the whole movie from scratch here, but um, listeners, I hope you watch this movie. I hope you watch you people. If only to email us about it at soundonlypod at gmail.com. Uh, I'm sure. Is there anything else you want to say? If I'm ranking performances is Julia Louis drives at the top and then at the bottom, uh, I guess it's the daughter who who no one remembers even is in the movie. The the white girl who thinks she's oh, cool. The, she's she's like down. The, the, the sweaty lesbian yeah, uh, daughter. This, yeah. Yeah, sweaty white lesbian who thinks like she's the cool white one in the family. Honestly like, though, I laughed really hard when like when she walked in and it was <laughs> it was just kind of like so Lord London. It was just kind of like, hey. 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 <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, I was just that's, like, oh, sweetheart. That's like one of two good moments she has in the movie is, hey, and then when she tells David to come, she's just like, could you just produce fewer sounds? Fewer sounds. Yeah. That, like, yeah. She, she's still at the bottom, but she does She does have her moments. Yeah. Um, like I said, soundlypod at gmail.com. Email us about you people. Email us about anything, future topics. Anything you want to be included in a mailbag. I'm Justin Charity. And I'm Micah Peter. Shouts out to our producer, Stefan Anderson. We'll see y'all next week. Bye.